Welcome to Geeksploration, the podcast where we're not sure if we're mad gods or cosmic idiots. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Get ready to fight your greatest foes and narrate every bit of it. We're talking Secret Wars. How's it going, Ben? Oh, it's going great. Enjoying a, a nice Labor Day afternoon. Yeah, it is Labor Day. We're both off work. We're not laboring, um, except for this little labor of love here. Um, we're back in the booth. And hey, y- this should just be like a regular segment. It should be called like bitching about the weather to start off every show. Because I, <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier when I was, when I was just thinking ahead about, oh, yeah, we're going to get on the show and talk about things. And I was like, man, it's so fucking hot. You know, we're going to talk about how hot it is. And it's like, wait a minute. I think we do that every single show. Well, it's because we get into this booth where uh, we don't have any real air conditioning no. system. And the little shitty, like, blow out the window one, you know, like the little portable one that we have, we can't run during recording. So nope. it gets fucking hot in here. Like, it's it's very top of mind. Yeah, the, the 100 degree days certainly... Uh show themselves to us real quick. Yeah, I'm ready for summer to be the fuck out of here. Yeah, get out. So yeah, we're talking Secret Wars. And uh, I I think primarily we're going to be talking about the original Secret Wars from 1985. Was it 85? I thought it was 84. Whoops. 80. I'm glad I didn't say it. Oh, yeah. Well, you might be right. Oh, no. It's 1980-something. Yeah, there was... You know, there was 12 of them. They were monthly. It was probably both years, honestly. Yeah. So uh, eat shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think that was my primary focus, not just because I ran out of time and everything is so humongous and there's just so much to talk about, um, but also because that's the main one. You know, that's the one that started this whole uh, naming convention of Secret Wars, because there's also Secret Wars 2. There's Secret War by uh, Bendis and Delano. Yeah, I never read that one at all. And then there was Secret Wars again in 2015 by uh, Jonathan Hickman and Esad Ribic. But we are talking about the mid-80s OG Secret Wars by writer Jim Shooter and primarily artist Mike Zeck. Uh, Bob Layton yeah. stepped in for a couple issues. Um, but Yeah, and we'll touch on some of the other ones here and there, too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. They are 100% worth going over. I just, I don't have any in-depth analysis of them at yeah. all. Yeah, and what, what made me think of this was, you know, the MCU kind of trending towards a potential Secret Wars thing. And uh, I, I think that that's probably, the, the blueprint for the MCU is probably the 2015 one more than the 1984-5 one. So you you mentioned that That's when we were first started talking about this, and what what was interesting to me is when I when I first opened up the Secret Wars comic, uh, the eighties one, I looked and I was like, oh hey look, there's uh there's She Hulk, oh look Hawkeye, oh Kang, oh you know Captain Marvel slash Photon, the Monica Rambeau, and I was like. These are all these fucking characters who are now popping up in the MCU or getting their own series. Is like it's. It, it was it was really weird. It just jumped out at me like all these uh, Dr. Octopus is in. It's like, oh, hey, look, he's showing up in uh, No Way Home. It's uh, the Wrecking Crew has yet to make an appearance. Oh, boy. And <laughs> I, How the hell did they get into this thing? I like, have no ooh. idea. Like, why are why are they there? Yeah. With Dr. Doom and Ultron and Kang and Galactus. Four of them are fucking the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Yeah. 
I mean, I barely know who those guys are. Yeah. Like C-tier villains. So the the overall arc of this story, and the, this story in a nutshell, is a a power that the, an omnipotent power gathers uh, here Earth's greatest question mark heroes and villains onto a patchwork planet called Battle World to fight. And whoever side wins, they get all of their dreams. You know, their their dreams come true. Like, all right, good versus evil. Let's fight. And boy, fight. Do they? Kind of do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, skirmish. They definitely do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lots of lots of little battles. Not a whole lot of wars. Oh boy. Um. So uh, first impressions. Yeah. So my first impression of this was uh, like I heard I'd heard about Secret Wars. I think like my first impression with anything that came out of Secret Wars was the Spider-Man cartoon. Um, just when he has, when there, with the existence of black suit Spider-Man and hearing that happened in, like he got that in Secret Wars and thinking, I, okay, I don't know what Secret Wars is. Cause I was, you know, I hadn't read it yet as a kid. And, uh, and then I remember I was at like, I think I can't remember if it was a garage sale or maybe a swap meet or something. And I saw the, the, I think it was issue two, the one with Magneto on the cover and all the heads like surrounding yeah. him. Yeah. That was either two or three. Yeah. yeah. And I remember picking that one up and being like, oh, this is cool. Like they're, you know, it's got all these heroes and villains and they're fighting. This is awesome. And I think I picked up maybe a couple more, but I never as a kid actually read through the whole thing. Cause, uh, this came out when I was two. Uh, I was not reading a whole lot of comics when I was two. Yeah. And, uh, there must've been a trade, but I don't even know if I was like aware of the existence of trade paperbacks until I was in like late high school maybe oh shit yeah you were not you were not the comic geek i was no so like i always just read individual comics and i remember like coming across a few of the secret wars issues here and there and i think i had like maybe four of them mm -hmm. and i'm not even sure they were sequential so i never really got a good grasp on the full breadth of the story like you know through osmosis i'd picked up the general idea of what had gone on but yeah uh, but hadn't really read them all in sequence before now. Yeah, I'm I'm a little jealous of uh, of your first impression. That that'd be a really cool thing as a kid to pick that up and you know, like you said, having the experience of just seeing everybody in the same spot and they're duking it out and like that's pretty fucking cool. Like I mean, it was as as we'll as we'll discuss, it was definitely made for children um, for, yes. for that very purpose. Um, but my first impression was actually of the action figures when I was a kid. Um, I I think similar to you with a garage sale. Whoa! I just got crazy deja vu. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Whoa! Like like your comic book garage sale story, and then me saying like, you know, similar to you, and going into talking about a garage sale. Whoa. Okay, I believe it was at a garage sale where I picked up a Captain America action figure from the Secret Wars toy line by Mattel, which we'll talk about later also. And I had a friend who, when we were kids, man, like they, he had an older brother. He was like two or three years older than us. And so he was at the right age to be collecting action figures when Superpowers and Secret Wars was all coming out. So they had all of them shits, man. When I was a kid, that's the only reason why I saw the Hall of Justice from the Superpowers line. Yeah. Uh, but they had a bunch of the Secret Wars figures. I remember seeing Doc Ock and Spider-Man and Wolverine. I think the only one I ever actually owned was Captain America. And then also similarly to you, like just... Over the years, through general geek living, I absorbed a lot of that that information. Like the the cover of issue number one, with all of them like charging out, is seared into my brain, as well as the cover of number um, 
was it eight with the symbiote suit? You know that that shot of Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. You know that that those are are ubiquitous with Secret Wars to me. That that's what I think of when I see that. Um, and so I I'd, I'd known about the story, and I think I, I pretty much knew all the important beats of it. Um, you know, with Doom getting the Beyonder's power, and then heroes win, of course. But like you, it wasn't until this week that I read it oh, from really? beginning to end. Yeah, that's surprising. I, I think it was probably like two years ago, I picked up a trade cheap somewhere and I dropped out at like issue three or four or something, maybe five. But I, I was just like, nah, not, not in it. Not, not, it's not for me. This one has some issues. I think the overall issue with this is that it had that leftover narration of everything that, that you yes. know, Stan Lee made so big or at least i credit stan lee for that you know in the 60s with marvel where we're just like you just over explain everything and even as the character in the panel is saying is like writing his name he's like now i'll take this pencil and put it on a sheet of paper and write out my name you, know, like, <laughs> you don't have to do that i this person who did this and this and this yeah and conversely like you could have a panel where like a person jumps from point a to point c but then they just have a word balloon explaining what they did for point uh, b to get there and you're like wait Wait, what the fuck? No, just show it in a panel. It's it's bizarre. There's a lot of that. Reading it, I also read, uh, I started reading the the Hickman mm -hmm. um, Secret Wars as well. Yeah, and, 2015. And, yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later, I think. The big differences that, that I noticed between them was that this, uh, there was like the pre and post, like late 80s, early 90s comics ch change. Mm -hmm. And this was very securely in the latter portion, where... In 1984, this book was not that dissimilar to something that would have been put out in the mid-60s. Yeah. You know, writing-wise. And, and it was very obvious that this was the, you know, the Marvel style of writing, where someone came up with an outline, here's all the things that are going to happen, the artist went through and drew it all, and then they put the word balloons on afterwards. And so the reason there wasn't a panel where they did the thing is because they didn't do that thing, and they realized afterwards, maybe, like, oh, shit. Well, we'll just have them say that they did that. <laughs> yeah. Point B needed to happen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and it's very obvious. They're not still using that method these days, are they? Um, some people are. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I think most writers, from from what I gather, prefer to work full work full script, or well, at least or at least like, like breaking down to to pages. You know, of like things happening, and then let the artist you know, figure out panel layouts. Cause of course well, artists yeah. want to do that, but Absolutely. I don't think I, I wouldn't say there's any, any like up, up and comers, you know, like newbies that are, that are getting just like us, uh, you know, outline and then choosing their own pacing for the entire book. You know, like I, I don't, I don't think they're giving them that much, uh, that much creative freedom. Yeah. And you could feel it. Like when I was reading the newer stuff, like it feels like it was a narrative that was built with purpose. You know, he knew they knew where they were going and had some, you know, it, it doesn't feel like it was drawn and then word balloons were tacked on afterwards. Like the dialogue feels more deliberate. And I, and I think a lot of that is part of the change that happened in like the late eighties with, um, you know, stuff like Watchmen and, you know, comics getting more serious and less kid focused. Mm -hmm. And then the art difference too is huge. The way that, you know, the, the mid nineties, you know, image, Jim Lee, Alex yeah. Ross, shit getting better, essentially. Like, just more focus on quality artwork. Yeah, more focus on the artwork in general. Yeah. Yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden like, early 90s, it was an artist's game. Like, they, yeah. they were the power players. And, and you know, 
it's not just my own personal bias. And, and I imagine one day we'll do an Image Comics episode. Oh, we yeah. really should. Yeah, um, But, you know, uh, there is something to be said for that. Like, that's a huge part of comics. Like, yeah. like, like me personally, I, I'm not going to read a comic that somebody says is written well that has really shitty art. I won't do it. But if there's a comic with a shitty story and fantastic art, they've got my money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because at least it's pretty to look at. Yeah. And oddly enough, I mean, that's one of the things that, that did strike me about this. Like, it is that old style art, but like the nostalgia for it in me was like, oh, like I, I have an appreciation for that type of comic book art, even though it is not, I mean, it's not anywhere near the quality of the stuff you see now. Yeah. And, and even for Mike Zek himself, Mike Zek is an industry legend. Like he, he has earned his place in the, uh, in the pantheon of, uh, of all time great artists. Um, but this, this wasn't his, his most clean and best work. And I'm trying to figure out like if, if his better stuff came after, I think it, I think it did, but this does seem like it would be right in the heyday, but like his Punisher work, um, he, he did, um, Craven's last hunt with, uh, and that is a legendary story. So that would have been after this because it was black suit Spidey. Um, okay. So yeah, maybe this was earlier Zach before he, before he got to his legendary status. But yeah, like late 80s, early 90s, like that would have been his heyday from uh, if memory serves me correctly. Bob Layton, you know, he's always been around. He's an Iron Man legend. I run across his uh, his profile on Instagram every once in a while, just, you know, doing a general search. And I believe his his uh, his username on there is like comics legend Bob Layton. I'm like, oh, jeez, <laughs> dude. Take it easy. Take it down a notch. You should just add that to yours. Yeah, comic book <laughs> legend, Beefy McStudley. <laughs> uh, all around good guy, John Williams. Yeah, so this thing is kind of a time capsule of, of, oh, yeah. of a little little moment in time before things really changed. You know, like, it, the, yeah, it was just hanging on to the old the old ways. But it was it was fun still, for the most part. It was dr- it? It drug in a few spots, but I mean, I appreciate the, the, the old style banter and stuff that they have and stuff that I think comes out of the Marvel way. Like the, in that opening shot on the first one where like, everyone's like, Oh fuck, what's going on? What are we doing here? And, and Johnny storm makes some sort of offhand comment. I don't remember what it was. And then, and then things just like, why don't you just stand there and look at gas like the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> you could tell it was put in after the fact, cause it's just got a bunch of people looking all surprised yeah. and it just kind of gets tacked on. And it was, uh, it was funny. That's interesting. I, that didn't cross my mind. Like wonder if the read would have been different if, um, if I'd thought about that, cause I'll be honest. I mean, just overall impression of this, I did not have a great time. You know, this thing, it just, uh, it's a, it's a bit of a slog at times. I'd almost forgotten how, uh, how many like nicknames and stuff they call like everyone's just like the Bantros thing. Like people are like referring to Magneto as Maggie. Yeah. Ultron like, is ulti. Yeah, like, wait, hold on. Well, first of all, is Magneto really gonna put up with you calling him Maggie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem like he'd be cool with that. And second of all, I was really confused. I wasn't sure who they were talking about at first. I was like, who the fuck is Maggie? Yeah. I don't remember any of these people's names being yeah. Maggie. Ulti. And then fucking like they call Owen Reese, the uh, the molecule man. She calls him Owie, but it, but it's spelled like Owie. 
I'm like, wait, what's going on? Owie. My brain said owie every it, time. Yeah. And then somebody even calls Absorbing Man Sorby. Yes, they, yes, they did call him Sorby. I, I, I made a special note of for shortened names on here. Oh, yeah. They got a bunch of, like, like I mean, the, the you know, Matchstick, Stretch. Yeah. You know, those are common. Yeah. Slim Webhead. for Cyclops. Yeah. Shellhead for Iron Man. Yeah. But everyone's just so casual and, and flippant with each other. It's it's interesting. But uh, like, it's charming. It's got like that old, like, you know, old movie charm. <laughs> Where it's like, this isn't how people really talk. But I kind of like it. For me, like, like I, when, I, when I was going over my thoughts on this and stuff, like, I, I had to make a note that, that just, like, it seemed like this series had about 10 issues worth of, like, pointless back and forth fights with like inconsequential subplots of like somebody going somewhere and doing something that doesn't actually matter to the story. Like they're just there for some reason. And, and you know, like that bizarre wasp magneto hookup. Woo. Um, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I've got a note of that as well. It's just like, wait, hold on. Like, yeah. like magneto brings her back and then he's just all suave and they, yeah, why uh, she they, runs away. They fuck. Like, oh, in my, my headcanon, they did. They didn't just kiss. No, hell no. Yeah. No, they fucked. Yeah. Um, and well, she's and, looking for a comb afterwards because her hair's all fucked uh-huh. up. Uh <laughs> huh. Well, and what 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 really uh, cemented that for me is there's like a part in issues like like either issue nine or ten or something where somebody's just doing a quick flashback. It's three panels, and in my opinion, it caught us up on everything we needed to know. There were three panels that told the previous like eight or nine issues worth of story <laughs> that, that was absolutely necessary to, to jump in on this issue and understand what's going on. Like that, that it was, it would make me mad how like every issue was just like, but then, but then I thought about, it, I was like, well, if it, if I was reading this monthly, yeah. I would want to fight every single issue. Um, but you know what? Let's take it back to the, to the early, the, the genesis of this project. All right. Yeah. Because like, uh, like. A couple of our other topics, including one that is so near and dear to my heart, Masters of the Universe. This all started with a toy. Did it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. What? Oh, yes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. No. Um. So this was, you know, this is one of the first like universe spanning crossover events back then. Before it was every year or every summer, there's some giant, you know, entire company wide yeah. um, crossover. But yeah, it started with action figures because in 1983, uh, Mego... Uh, who had previously held the license to both DC and Marvel action figures. They the the licenses lapped on lapsed on both. DC went to Kenner and you know created the the DC superpowers line that yeah. we that we all know and love. And uh, Mattel, who had tried to get DC but failed because Kenner had all that Star Wars money. Mattel came to Marvel and proposed doing a a big action figure line because why not? The reports are that. Mattel really didn't want to put much money or effort into it at all. And and apparently they, they, they <laughs> told Marvel they didn't that get DC. too. Yeah. Like, listen, we want to put out a bunch of shitty toys for these stupid kids. They don't care. It doesn't need to be great. Yeah. They're, they're just like, just just give us the uh, the license. Because they were still concentrating on, on Masters of the Universe. That was their big seller. This is right in the heyday of Masters of the Universe. But they're like, hey, let's expand our, our catalog. So... They uh, they did some some marketing research and testing with kids and came up with with a you know a bunch of words that tested well with kids, including secret and war. <laughs> so like they focus grouped the name. Yep, that's oh, where shit. secret war came from. <laughs> then uh, then they teamed up with uh, with Marvel's uh, well they were they were 
talking with Jim Shooter because he, he was a big muckety muck at Marvel. And in all of their like lists of demands, he was just like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. I'll, I'll write this thing myself. They wanted to write a tie-in comic to sell this toy line, you know, similar to Masters of the Universe. Like they've got, they've got their ways of doing things. And then, you know, the same thing with G.I. Joe with Marvel Comics. Because that allowed them to call it like not an advertisement or something, right? Wasn't that it? Like, like there was restrictions on how they could advertise for kit to kids, but comic books weren't considered an advertisement. So they could, that's right. Did we go over that in He-Man, in I the He-Man so. episode? It, it, that does sound familiar. And or GI jokes. They did it with both of them. Or Transformers also. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. But yeah, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at us, 30 year old men sitting here talking about it. It fucking worked. They brainwashed the fuck out of us. We're not 30, by the way. We're in our 30s. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to be 39 in, two, in less than two weeks now, man. I'm, oh, You're woof. still in your 30s I'm, for now, John. I'm about to be pushing 40. Oh, that expression. I think you are pushing 40. We're yeah, all pushing yeah. 40. At the, we're in our late 30s. Like. I, I'm, I, I, I consider late 30s and pushing 40 two different steps. Once I hit 37 and a half, I was in my, my late 30s. Um, but yeah, I'm pushing 40. Whoa. Um, so yeah, the idea was to get them all together and have them fight. Yeah. That's (laughs) that's what kids want their heroes to do. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to come up with a, uh, with a vehicle for it. So, you know, they came up with the Beyonder and the rest is history as well as, uh, history on this show because we already started talking about the, uh, the plot of the story. So that is where it started. So did they focus group the characters that were involved too then, I would imagine? Not as far as I know, but I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, see, it didn't it didn't all come through um, the toy line because we may as well just mention it right now. Because the toy line itself, um, you know, it started with Captain America, Doctor Doom, Doctor Octopus, Iron Man, Kang, Magneto, Spider-Man, and Wolverine. Those guys are all in there. In, uh, in Wave 2 of the, of the series came... Baron Zemo, Daredevil, Falcon, Hobgoblin, and Black Suit Spider-Man. Like, Black Suit Spider-Man being the only person who's in that series at all. So the Wrecking Crew didn't get action no, figures. No, fuck no. That's shocking. And there, there was a Series 3 planned, but it uh, it tanked. So, like, as the figures were being produced, um, they canceled the line. So it uh, only Europe got uh got these three figures it was constrictor electro and iceman also three characters who were never in the comic interesting yeah constrictor of all people like what how the fuck is he getting a figure i don't know i mean molecule man's kind of a a a bit of a b-tier character at best generally as well but at least he was really important to the plot yeah i wouldn't have known molecule man if not for secret wars personally yeah whereas uh like the wrecking crew, it was just like, here's three brutes that we can have do stuff. Yeah. Is it three or four? I can never remember because there's Pile Driver. Uh, Thunderball is the only one I ever remember who is who because he's got he's got the the uh, ball and chain. He's got the wrecking ball. And yeah. then there's uh, there's the wrecker. Yeah, he's got the crowbar. Yeah. And Pile Driver was Pile the Driver one with the helmet, helmet, right? Yeah. Is there another one? I don't know. There's Absorbing Man who also has a giant ball and chain. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, okay, you guys got two characters with a giant ball and shit. Like, like who, who was putting this roster together? Marvel's got a lot of good villains. I think to a degree they were trying to set people up against the heroes. So Absorbing Man is a Hulk villain. And, you know, because they didn't have the leader or the abomination in there. So I can only imagine it's, it's for the Hulk. Yeah, um, I, I, think, I think the Wrecking Crew is 
predominant. No. Oh, I think they may be Hulk villains also, but I've also seen them pop up with Thor a bunch. Well, they had the Enchantress for yeah. Thor. I mean, I think that's that's about all the foil for him that you really need. Yeah, you, had, then, you had Galactus and Doom for the Fantastic yeah. Four. You had Kang and Ultron for the Avengers. Yep, and you had Magneto, who was kind of a, a bit of a free agent there. Yeah, for the X Men, um, Doctor Octopus and the Lizard. Yep, for Spider Man. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I don't know that much about Captain Marvel's villains. I don't know. Did she fight some of these guys? Like, I, I'm, I'm I think not that familiar with her her character at this period. Me neither am I. Um, but I I believe Monica Rambeau's Captain Marvel existed mostly in the capacity of the Avengers. I I don't think she she had a lot of I don't think she has a lot of history of being a a popular solo series character. Like I I I I'm almost positive she did have her own series at one point whether it was ongoing or a limited series. Um, but I, I don't know of any legendary Monica Rambeau Captain yeah. Marvel runs, you know, but, but I, I, I know that era of the Avengers in like the mid late eighties, she was present and even led them for a while. Yeah. And Iron Man was in the Avengers, like the roadie Iron Man was in the Avengers at that point, or is he separate? I don't know, I don't to be know, honest, yeah. because I was sitting there reading it and okay. So there, there's some weird characterization, like, and, and a lot of, a lot of like status quo changes happening through this series that, you know, and not knowing what came before, because I'm not steeped in Marvel lore like that. It was bizarre because like you had Hulk who had Dr. Banner's brains. I'm like, okay, I've seen that before. Yeah. I can get behind this. Yeah, but the Professor then, Hulk. Yeah. But, but throughout this, well, and this was before Professor Hulk even like, like, cause when that happened in comics, he like, he got like a handsome face at the same time. He was like a big, oh, that's right. Big yeah. green, like handsome clothes. dude. Yeah. <laughs> So this is one where where he got brains, but it seems like they were using this as a vehicle to take him to, you know, scale him back a little bit because throughout the series, he was getting dumber and angrier, kind of, you know, like it, it was, it was kind of a, a kind of a plot point, but not like there, there seemed to be a lot of dangling threads happening in here. Well, and I think, oh boy, speaking of deja vu, it's happening to me now. Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, speaking of dangling threads though, I think there was a lot of that where they were using this to kind of set up where characters were going. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like, like with the whole black suit Spider-Man thing, like at the end, like, I think it's like the last issue he's in there and they're like getting some new costumes. He's like, wait, they're not using the same machine that I use. Like, does your guys' costume do what you think it to do? And they're like, no. And he's like, curious. Yeah. Weird. And yeah, <laughs> Richards is like, Hey, I can take a look at that for you. If you like, he's like, all right, I'm cool. Uh, oh, and sweet, sweet costume making machine that the beyonder put into, uh, into a headquarters like professor x's tights that was weird um and yeah the, well that was another you know character change you know where all of a sudden when professor x shows up there he's not in a wheelchair anymore and he's going to start leading the x-men into into missions he shows up in a wheelchair and then he doesn't need it anymore and oh I don't know did he like, show up in it oh yeah in the, yeah, fir in in the, the first, first panel, issue he's yeah. got he's in the wheelchair and then but they never explain like why he, I mean, maybe that happened in the comics and like he was, you know, he, he just before that he had gotten out of the wheelchair and like when he showed up, he's like, why am I in this fucking wheelchair? I got rid of this thing. I don't yeah. know. And well, and, and then, um, the, like, like, uh, like you were saying with Rhodey being Iron Man, I didn't realize he was Iron Man at the time and they certainly didn't explain it. So you've got, like, I had a note about Tony, like definitely not being the character he is now and not being smart. And like, he was like, like hey, everyone, babe. yeah, babe. And, and talking about broads and dames, which. Let's just talk about this right now. Holy crap. It was a different world back in the mid eighties. 
Oh, wow. The, the, the amount of time they use broad and dame and absorbing man calling Titania legs the whole time. Wow. Which, I mean, makes sense for his character. But uh, yes. But like there I can't remember who it was, but one of the broads referred to the broads as broads. <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. Even the women are using this terminology. What is going on? Okay. And then, so the, the character of, uh, sorry if I'm jumping around too much, but since it feels like it's like, it's going there, uh, logically like poor, wow. I can't even remember her real name anymore, but Volcana, the, the, one of the two ladies who shows up out of nowhere before you even know that there are other people right? on battle world yeah. that, that doom turns into super villains. Um, Volcana Boy, she, I mean, she looks like, she looks like a, a, a buff dame, but man, they are being fucking vicious with her. Like I, the, the first one I noticed, even though I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the second one is pile driver says to her, you filthy fat bag. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. uh, Ultron says to her, I can't help you. I can't help you. My plump pretty. And she's not, she's not big at all. No. She's just, she's built. She, I mean, she's, she's built like she Hulk. Yeah. Like, I, I, yes. like, like when I saw her, I was like, wait, is that like non-greened she-hulk what's going on who is this person yeah why is she so big did she come from yeah that was annoying super confused until uh until spider girl showed up and like explained that a suburb of denver was somewhere on the planet yeah and well and and then one last one was the enchantress saying to her it takes it takes much energy to transport a body as dot 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 bloated as yours like what the fuck? Yeah, man. Yeah, Woo. and it kept going from there, but that—that that was where I stopped <laughs> writing them down. But you filthy fat bag! What a fucking piece of shit! Oh boy, she seemed like a nice lady all in all too. She seemed nice as shit, yeah. and you know, as far as comic book ladies go, she looked fucking good. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely not a filthy fat bag. No. Uh, the other broad, uh, <laughs> the other, the other lady. Um, what was her name? Titania. Yeah, Titania. Uh, boy, she was just a piece of work. Mm-hmm. She was angry and mean, and uh, yeah, you call her a filthy fat bag all day. Yeah, she was a butthole. She wanted to fight you anyway. Yeah, like, like even exactly. if you'd be like, "Oh, you look so pretty," she'd be like, "Yeah, back it up with your fist, motherfucker." <laughs> yeah, so I guess those are a couple of characters who were introduced in this. Um, Did they continue on? Because they were introduced to me for the first time, really. Because I, I was not familiar with either of them. I know I've seen Titania um, in, like, the first one that pops into mind is uh, is Thor. I, I I know she showed up in, like, the Ron Friends drawn uh, era. I don't, I don't even remember who was writing at that point. Well, and, and I guess as far as, like, being a, a sign of its time, like, the, the female characters in this are, uh, they, they lack a little bit of, like, they push back occasionally mm-hmm. on, on some of that stuff, which is nice. But, uh, boy, like, with... With Wasp just getting like seduced by, like, there was a lot more kissing in this book than I was expecting. <laughs> Is this a kissing book? Yeah, like Wasp and uh, Magneto get it on, and then you've got uh, Human Torch and yeah, how was it pronounced? Jaji, Jaji or something? Yeah, they all said it differently than she said it for some reason. Like it was r- spelled differently. Yeah, and there was only one time where that where where they sounded it out phonetically, and and I can't remember exactly it was what like, it was. Yeah, Zhaji or something, and then uh, Colossus just uh, falling head over heels for. It. But I mean, just like women are just they're kind of easily seduced and manipulated. Well, and Wasp is always bitching about how she just wants to be shopping or getting her hair done or or. At first, that struck me as like, "Whoa, come on, guys!" But then I realized, like, it was just her. So maybe that was just more of her character trait than like they weren't doing that like. 
Captain Marvel wasn't complaining about breaking nails and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, or, or not having makeup on. It was, it was just her. So I think like, maybe that's just her character trait. It, it, it is. And that's okay. It is, uh, consistent with her character. Like she, she has always been more of like the socialite and like the fashionista. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it struck me at first, but then, and then it seemed relegated to her. So it wasn't as off putting. You know, one thing I want I want to point out as something that I that I didn't realize I'd miss or that I had missed is the characterization of Wolverine because this was straight up like what Wolverine was when I was a kid where yep. he's just like all fucking bravado and just like fucking what it was at one point he says uh, I think he's talking to Dr. Doom he's like I'm going to enjoy slicing him out of that armor with my claws and you're like fuck that's so like mid 80s Wolverine before they tried to give him more nuance and put him in love triangles and stuff he was just like Mr. Slice and Dice yeah no, he's, he's it, always looking for a fight you know Cyclops has to hold him back from killing people yeah yeah because he's just uh, like he's, he's almost like borderline siding with Magneto at one point yeah yeah know? going and, against Cap yeah, and he's just uh, he's just a fucking angry, I want to fight everything, you don't tell me what to do, go fuck yourself kind of guy, which Wolverine, has, you know, that is the Wolverine that I think of when I think yeah. of Wolverine. Yeah, and, and I was actually enjoying that, because I'm, I'm actually, I'm not a big Wolverine fan. I didn't, you know, going into the 90s, I, I just, I sort of lost my, my liking for him, but this is more like the, uh, like the Wolverine from the Pride of the X-Men, like cartoon one-off in the 80s by, uh, I don't know, the company who did G.I. Joe. But you were, uh, yeah. but that that just that that single episode where he was Australian for some reason, um, but that, that that's the Wolverine that I like. Um, I don't need him in like love triangles yeah, lo or that 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 picture from the '90s cartoon that gets used to memes where he's he's like holding the picture of Jean Grey and crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, with characterization, like Jim Shooter writes a Captain America that commands respect. Like he's yeah. like giving orders that, that make logical sense. Like even to the point to where when they get into their, their base that they find, he's like ordering people to like immediately go find a mess hall because food is necessary. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I, I wouldn't have even thought about that. We're never going to see them eating. Well, yeah, maybe we do once or twice, but, um, but that's, you know, I, I love that, that he is being that tactical and logical and like the orders he was giving made sense to me. Yeah. And he's generally looking out for the big picture overall good. You know, they yeah. have that little debate in the beginning, like who's going to lead us, you know, mm -hmm. and they, they don't necessarily like they, they land on Captain America, but it's not a solid consensus because the X-Men end up fucking off. Yeah. After a while. Oh, and, and, you know, going back to what you were saying about characterization of, uh, of females here, like. I liked that Storm was like actively pushing back on Professor X taking over because she, at that point, she was the leader of the X Men, and Professor X is just stepping in. To, he was being kind of a rude butthole about. He about was everything. kind of being like, a dick about it. I thought he was going to have some some weird like mind control thing going on because he was being a fucking asshole, being all short with everybody and yelling at him mentally. Like they call that out several times. So I I thought it was going to lead to something deeper, but no, he was just. He was just getting getting back into things, I guess. Yeah, Storm. Yeah, Storm was not taking his shit lightly, though. Yeah, she was definitely pushing back. I always liked that storm too with the mohawk. It's a good storm. Yeah, it's a cool looking storm. Well, and then at the end, like when Cap runs in to like save all the villains and shit, and like him and Wolverine kind of reconcile, like, all right, yeah. maybe you're not, you know, maybe you're not a racist, essentially. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there were a lot of of straight up like uh, an analogies and like references to Hitler and Nazis and shit. 
Like, like they, there, there were like three times where somebody, somebody just referenced like, oh yeah, you're acting like the fucking Nazis or something. It's like, whoa. I believe it was Wolverine yelling at Magneto and calling Magneto a Nazi, which pissed Magneto off, understandably. Yeah. <laughs> Magneto, uh, Magneto and the Nazis don't have a good, uh, good rapport, let's say. <laughs> I didn't make a note of it. But there was at some point where, fuck, I don't know if I remember enough about it to say anything about it. Well, do, do you have anything that might jog something in my memory? Someone was had gotten hurt or something, and they were arguing about like mutants and this and that. And uh, Iron Man like like ran yeah. up to him, and he was like, I can't remember what he said, but it was like, you know, oh, we got mutants, this and this. I mean, good thing he's not black. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I I meant to make a note of that too, but I, I was afraid that that there wouldn't be enough of an opening to to bring it in. But yeah, like, what is it like? Like, oh, yeah, a character's talking about a mutant. And I, I think a character is talking about a mutant in a way that like he's acting surprised that that this is, you know, that this person is hurt like this, like a regular person or something like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, like like one of you regular people there. Oh, good thing he's not black. Then, like then we wouldn't we really wouldn't know what to do with him. Yeah. Like like calling him out for being essentially racist. Yeah. But but more like genist. Well, yeah. And at that point in the story, like I didn't know that Iron Man was black yet because yeah, I did not no know shit. that this was. James Rhodes, Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Not until he loses the the arm on his armor, yeah. and you're like, oh, wait a minute, like that's not miscolored. That's a black dude in there. I was like, oh, it's it's when Rhodey was Iron Man. Oh, cool. And then they then they bring it out later. But yeah, there there is a decent amount of things that that are not um like, like information that's not given to you. Yeah, I, I, there is a bit. There's definitely well, so. Let me start that over because okay. that was a stumbling mess. <laughs> we'll leave it in. There, I mean, there's definitely some knowledge that you do, would helps you get through this if you are aware of the lore of the current Marvel universe at that point in time, um, which I'm I'm vaguely aware of here and there, but not enough to know who was what and when. Well, and when I'm looking back, I don't know what Iron Man was back then because for so many years. People were saying like Iron Man was like a C-lister, like he was he wasn't gonna have his. And, and it's like, what are you talking about? Because for my for the majority of my life, Iron Man has been it's huge. Yeah, he's been one of the main Avengers. But all of a sudden, like you're seeing him just sort of farting around and riding around on fucking rocket skates. Yeah, I made a note of that one yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you're like, okay, well, I guess I can see why Iron Man could have been a joke back then. But uh, so I've got a question for you because something that bothered me. I'm curious if it bothered you at all. The question of scale and distance. Yes. There was a couple of very questionable panels. Yeah. Because like just to start off, like even in the very beginning, they're talking about things, you know, like like people landing somewhere and finding a base hundreds of miles away. And it's like, wait, but you're treating it as if it was just like moments or like. You know, She-Hulk goes to goes to break in and get some revenge, uh, you know, at, at the at the uh, villains headquarters. And it's like it took her like 10 minutes to get there, even though it's supposed to be hundreds and hundreds of miles away or half a world away. And then uh, let's just get into it. Galactus's home being 22 million miles away from Battleworld. And yet it looks like it's right next to it. Yeah. Like, like the planet is Cast casting a, a shadow. shadow on it. Yeah. Like, like it <laughs> the shadow should not have been there. That was a bit of a fuck up, I think. And I Dr. Know. Doom being able to. Well, they did it so many times. Yeah. Um, but then, then like, oh, probably goes in with your fucking dialogue afterwards. Zek is just like, 
okay, I'm just drawing a planet next to something that's bigger than the planet. Yeah, right. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know that it's supposed to be the size of a solar system and 22 million miles away. Um, but then that one panel where it's like Doctor Doom needs to get to Galactus's place, so he just gets in a ship that can yeah and just, flies there. It's yeah, like, Hold just on. go at tachyon <laughs> speed, and he's just there. <laughs> All right. I mean, he's going so fast that he phases right through the wall. Yeah. There's not a lot of consistency as far as like how far apart things are. Yeah. Because. Or how big they are. Like, it was talking about how, like, the bases were the size of a small city. The size of Chicago, they yeah. said about the Heroes one. Yeah, and he, and he was like, meet me at the Dome on the 457th level or something like that. <laughs> I was like, whoa, hold on, that's huge. But then, like, you see him standing next to it, and there, it doesn't seem quite as big, but it's hard to see scale on that. But then, yeah, like, the villain's base, the Doom base, is supposed to be, like, super far away. But then at one point, it shows, like, you could see the wrecked Doom base from the little village where Galactus set his oh, machine shit. up. And you're like, wait a minute. It's like three miles. <laughs> well, and then when they when they drop the mountain range on the heroes, that it, that it says it's like a mountain range that would dwarf the Andes. And it's like, but, like, you can see the mountain range, like, above them and their, like, wrecked ship that they had right next to them. And it's like, it's, it's not that big. Like, dwarfing the Andes, that's... It's a big fucking mountain range. Dwarf and Andes Mint. <laughs> yes. Uh. Yeah, there was a couple panels of people, too. There was one in particular. I don't remember in particular what it was, but there was someone standing in front of someone else, and the person who looked like they were in the back looked way bigger than they should have been. Oh, yeah. Really, I didn't catch that. And it confused me. <laughs> Wasn't sure what they were going for. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, cause I, I had that question throughout the entire thing and it was bothering me and I'm like, I know Ben's scientifically minded inclinations are going to be. Oh yeah. That shadow on the, on, on Galactus's home, uh, was like, wouldn't, no way. No, yeah. that doesn't work at all. Yeah. Guys. The shadow that is being cast it, it means that the planet is right next to it. Yeah. Like it's the same size of, of the planet and it's solid. Oh boy. It probably is the Marvel way thing. Like when Doom's first walking through it and it's talking about how like, you know, there's it's, the dialogue says something like, you know, like lush, organic, this and that. And like, it just looks <laughs> like a fucking inside of a spaceship. There's nothing lush or organic or anything going on here. Man, it's a good thing Doom got kicked out of there because he could have spent a really long time looking for anything useful. It's the size of a fucking solar system. <laughs> right, he barely scratched the surface. Lucky he found anything at all. Like that that's that's one of the things that bothers me about, you know, like the inconsequential subplots is just like there there was no real purpose for Doom to for, to spend that much time and energy with taking Doom there and having all of his fucking word balloons. Like after a while, my my eyes started to like just well i i would get angry when i would see a page and just the the giant word balloons it's not that i hate reading but i'm just like at least half of this is not going to be necessary yeah yes it was not uh brevity was not their concern <laughs> yeah <laughs> as far as doom goes though he was done very well yeah actually most of the characters for their character were portrayed pretty well i think like i don't know what the wrecking crew or uh the, like what their general portrayal is or if molecule man's usually a whiny little bitch yeah talking about his therapist so with the exception of maybe him and colossus being a huge fucking baby everyone else seemed to be well portrayed and i really liked doom in this in this book because he's like from the get-go he's just like you guys are fucking stupid like you're, you're thinking way too small here yep. like look at what just happened you're gonna ask this dude for pizza you're morons. Yeah. Doom was 
Doom. Like he he was Doom at his greatest. Oh, and by the way, you know his uh his sweet little Beyonder power absorbing armor in the end? That also came from Mattel because they thought his costume looked too old timey, so they wanted him they wanted to plus him up in some sort of like high tech armor. That makes perfect sense. Yep. Uh, the, the one quote I wrote down from him was when, when Claw was like, he asked him about why he was narrating everything he said, yes! which, is, which I love that he yes! called him out on. He's like, why are you narrating everything you do, Doom? Are you being recorded? And Doom's response was, why? Yes, every utterance of Doom shall be recorded for posterity. Yeah, I I have a note here that says Claw calling out Doom's narration was great. And Doom's response was great. He's yeah. like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm recording it. I, I am narrating everything <laughs> because I am doing all the things that are important. <laughs> That's such a, a, a detail that, like, I wouldn't think to put that in there, but that is brilliant. Like, yeah. that is Doom. Why everyone else is narrating their life, I don't fucking know, <laughs> yeah, no but shit. I get why Doom's doing uh, it. Well, and, you know, like I touched on earlier um, with Captain America and giving his orders and stuff, like, another moment with Captain America that was great to me was his steadfast refusal to charge in and go get revenge because the the thing that he was trying to do with Galactus was too important. Yeah. And even after She-Hulk went, he's like, no. Yeah. Like, we're no, not we doing this. Like, like too, yeah, too much rests on this. And, like, that's a hard decision to make. And and he did it. And, and it was an unpopular decision. Yeah. Like, he, he was getting flack for it. And I liked that he was getting, everyone didn't just fall in line. Yeah. People we're actively pushing back. Yeah. Captain America's characterization in this was as spot on as Doom's was. And like, yeah. in the end, when he goes back in after Spider-Woman, even though it's going to mean certain death, you know, he, which it really didn't. Doom was just like, oh, hey, what's up, Cap? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> he was totally chill. You're like, wait, before. Like, if any of you come back here, I will kill you instantly. And yeah. He and he's like, oh, what's up, Steve? Would you like a drink? <laughs> Yeah, he's just like sitting there drinking a martini or something on a couch. Like, what the fuck? And Spider-Man's one-liners were good. He was solidly Spider-Man. Yeah, I loved it. I love that he kicked the X-Men's ass. He kicked everyone's ass. Yeah, he was he was a good guy in this. But he was the one that put Titania in her fucking place. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Spidey. Yeah, no, yeah, he <laughs> he, he was great in this. Uh, and the Fantastic Four were, you know, had all the charm they always do. Yeah, except that that weird, like, obviously just a setup for the future of Fantastic Four, but, like, with yeah. Thing reverting back to Ben Grimm, randomly, question mark, in the end it seemed like he was gaining control over it, but he decided he was going to hang back there, and I, I don't know. It was, so it She-Hulk was, could be in the Fantastic yeah, Four? Yeah, like, it was complete setup for She-Hulk to take over in the Fantastic Four, because I, I know, you know, a couple years later, Ben Grimm comes back, but he's like... He's human, and there there was another person as thing for a little bit. It was it might have no, I don't think it was Alicia, but it was a female. And then like Ben Grimm for a little while, like wore like a thing robot suit, like an exo suit. Sure, why not? Yeah, maybe, maybe this is where they got the idea for the '94 Fantastic Four of him losing his uh, his rocks. Yeah, no shit. Still <laughs> running around in underpants. Which oh geez, oh where's that quote? Yeah, with Human Torch saying to him, "Come on, smile, or I'll give you a hot foot on the seat of your panties." <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so I guess if we're if we're going through characters, uh, no, I'm done. Do, do we want to talk about fucking Colossus and his constant yeah. fucking moping? Yeah, let's do this because originally, you know, Colossus is thinking about about Kitty Pride a lot back yeah. at home. Like they they had a love story going on. He's moping about Kitty. Yeah, and how he's far away from her and how badly he misses her. Yeah, and then Jaji gives him the healing touch and he starts to fall for her. And they, they've. They feed you some sort of information that makes you think that it's going to be like either mind control or it's just an a it's a side effect of her healing touch that you fall for, but it's not going to be something. 
But holy shit, it turns into a huge thing. Like Colossus is mm-hmm. whining about fucking Johnny having a relationship with her. And, and then he's just like, I don't have time for chippies right now. Reed's hurt. And he's like, what the fuck? And then he goes and like, I mean, you can take over. They fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gives her the big metal dong. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. And then when she dies in the end, he's like going to stay on Battle World because he's so sad. And just mourn. And, and, and I mean, he's just like straight up. She's the only one I'll ever love. Like, he's just completely forgotten about Kate. Like, he's just fucking done. Yeah. And there's a lot of time in the book devoted to him moping about this. Too much time. Way too much. And it's like, to what end? Because he still ends up going back with him. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe he got a divorce after this. I don't I'm I don't remember that in X-Men, but well, well, they weren't married. Oh, he was just, he was just boning yeah, he, her and hanging out with her dragon. Well, and well, at one point he even says like, you know, when she's older and we can get married and I'm like, wait a minute, is she a teenager at this point? He did say that. Like, uh, is he, is he, is he statutory raping this chick? Yeah. I, 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 I hope not. And that line came up and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I don't know X-Men lore well enough to say what happened when, but at some point, in X-Men books, like he, I think he lives in the Savage Land and he has like a kid or something. Maybe it's an adopted kid. But I remember this one X-Men annual that I have where like he comes back from the Savage Land and they're like, oh, hey, look, and like there's your wife and kid or something. So I don't know if they were just trying to break Kitty Pride and Colossus up in X-Men books. So they're like, let's use this to do it. Oh, maybe he's just know. one of those guys that likes to uh, get new girls whenever he travels. All the he's like, time. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not on world. You know, I'm not taken yeah what happens is the savage land stays yeah. savage <laughs> but uh yeah he was uh he was just a big bummer the whole time like him and his entire subplot could have not been there and it would have made the book better yeah um so after a bunch of fights and a bunch of subplots um dr doom somehow which when it was happening in the comic book i thought the exact opposite of what was happening right? was happening so dr doom like fashions an armor where he's like I'm going to go fucking take it to the Beyonder and I'm going to take his fucking powers. And he's like getting fucked. He's losing an arm and a leg and like Beyonder like looks at his life. And then all of a sudden doom has won. Like in the comic book, all of a sudden doom has the powers of the Beyonder. And he's like, I fucking killed that motherfucker. And, and for me, I'm like, wait, is, is this a joke? Is, is this, this the Beyonder pretending to be doom? Yeah. That's what I thought too. Cause like the last shot, you know, like, cause he, he makes the weird, like lens thing yeah. out of claws body, I guess. Cause yeah, sure. Oh, he not? slices claws, hey, solid sound body up. Doom's smarter than me. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, he does that and, and absorbs all the power that Galactus was going to absorb from dissolving his home. Yeah. And he's just like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to fuck some shit up. And he flies into the Beyonder. And like the last shot you see of him, he's like, he's like, fuck, like his armor's like peeling off. And it said something about like, you know, he's like monologuing to himself as he, as he gets his ass kicked. Of course. Yeah. And he says something about like, if only I could reach my armor. And he's like reaching out to like his chest plate that's floating away. But it doesn't show you what happened, but like he must have done something with that chest. Like he hit his special destroy. Clicked a button extra dimensional being button should have used that at the beginning yeah that's what he must have done but yeah i thought the same thing i was like okay well fuck doom just got his ass whooped and then he shows up and i'm like oh that's the beyonder pretending to be doom mm-hmm. and he's gonna do something now. but no no that wasn't it at all yeah beyonder is like a little ball of energy possessing people where which was confusing to me also I'm like who the fuck is this like possessing people all of a sudden i don't know man it was i kind of figured that it was 
I hoped when I was reading, I was like, this is hopefully the Beyonder. Otherwise, it makes even less sense yeah. what's going on. But I, that, that's that's my best guess here. And Man, so I'm hoping I, that's what I it had was. no idea. And But one thing that I thought was really cool was how they portrayed Doom get, gaining omniscience. Yes. Like, like how how he was describing being able to see and feel everything and like how everything in the universe made sense. Like it was really cool just, you know, experiencing that with him. Because that was one of the things that I've known for years about Secret Wars. Doom gets the power of the Beyonder. I don't know how he lost it, but. Yeah, that actually leads into my favorite use in pop culture. So I guess we're going to just, let's just totally fuck format up. Hey, like you said, it's our show. We can do what we want. <laughs> you know, I couldn't think of any, you know, I imagine there's a movie, an animated movie of this somewhere or something. I don't know. I'm not the one I've seen in any case. But uh, I think my favorite use in pop culture uh, is uh, Grant Morrison aping that Dr. Doom's epiphany for Lex Luthor's epiphany that he has in All-Star Superman when he gets Superman's powers for a day and can see the world for what it really is and how petty all of the things he desired before were. And I, like when I was reading, I was like, oh, yeah, Lex Luthor did this, except that was in like 2005 or something. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought of that the, the same way, but but they even describe, or I mean, they even do it better in Secret Wars. Like, yeah. like I, I, it was really cool seeing Doom experience that, and then also the fear that he has after that of yeah. accidentally, like he he's not letting himself fall asleep without like charging himself down or something, like because he he's afraid that a dream will fuck everything up, which I'm pretty sure happens later on in uh, Infinity Gauntlet. I'm pretty sure Thanos fucks himself up while asleep oh so, yeah yeah and there, there's a few things in this that are, are and in secret wars too from what i saw from my research that that reverberates into stuff like uh like infinity gauntlet you know i think this was like the proto you know what became the late 80s early 90s marvel cosmic crossover stuff and it's got good bones it does like the the idea behind it and some of the concepts they 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 touch on in it like the like with the stuff with doom you know becoming all powerful and realizing what that that means and how inconsequential everything else has been and mm -hmm. and you know heroes stepping up and doing the things they need to do rather than the things they want to do and villains you know being petty and weak because they're you know seeking the short term gains or their own personal stuff instead of working as a team and like it's got good bones it's just uh very verbosely and not always interestingly executed <laughs> yeah like i i thought going into this like i honestly thought that secret wars was a six issue miniseries and when i saw that it was 12 i was like oh fuck like i i was i wasn't prepared for it to be this long i was ready to read six issues of a comic book i was like all right here we go and honestly, it could have been six issues very easily and would have been yes. much more enjoyable. I, th I think that's accurate. Yeah, I also thought it was like six or seven issues, something fairly short. And, and like I, I got I, I bit off way more than I could chew when I started this thing. Because I, I was like, <laughs> all right, we're going to do this. I want, you know, I looked at like the suggested reading lists and uh, the, the original one. Easy. It's because it's just the miniseries. That's one thing I liked about it. it you know, like and dislike. It's a it's a strength and a weakness that it is uh it's pretty much encapsulated like you don't need to read seven different things to figure out what's going on into this because you're just as surprised as the characters are when they just appear there yeah yeah and so you can read the 12 issues and you don't really need to read anything else out of it yeah the, i mean and this was before the 
massive tie-in yeah. events bullshit that it, happens now. Yeah, which and then I looked into the 2015 one. You know, I looked at like the suggested reading list and I was like, yeah, you should read. You know, if like if you really want the full thing, you should read all of these Avengers, all of these new Avengers. Then you should read Avengers: Time Runs Out. Then you should read these. And then here's all the here's the 30 other individual issues from other other books that you can read to get the real full picture. And I was like, oh fuck that. Yeah. That that is a fucking lot. And uh, but but I I started early. I was like I got you know a week and a half to research. So I'm gonna uh, you know what I'm gonna try and read uh, Time Runs Out because it leads up to Secret Wars in 2015. And I read the whole first trade. Um. Uh, and, uh, and I was like, all right, cool. I, you know, I looked at it, it was like 124 pages. That's, that's a lot, but you know, that's, that's a good intro. That'll get me into where I need to go. And then yeah. I realized there's like five of those before you get to secret wars. I, like, like, I, I can't read 30 comic books <laughs> to, just to get to secret I was wars. Like, oh fuck. I don't have the time for that. Especially since secret wars in 2015 is also another like six. Yeah. I, I think, I think like it's jumbo nine. sized. I think they're jumbo. I think they're like 40 to 50. They're not 124 pages. They're not full trades. Yeah. But when I was looking at it, it said nine issues for that series. Yeah. But they're only like 40 page. Yeah. But still, only. Yeah. Only. So I did not get through the 2015 Secret Wars, but I got about a third of the way through. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, we can go into it uh, in, in a little bit, but I, I wish I would have read it before spoiling it for myself, you know, doing research here. It, it seems like like it could have been really cool, which I may still read it. I mean, the art's beautiful, and it all it all exists, so I don't have to wait six months for the last issue to come out or whatever it was back then because it had shipping problems. Oh, um, but uh, you know, so just to to wrap up, '80s Secret Wars. I mean, Beyonder gets his power back, and everyone goes home. Right? I mean. Am, yeah. I, am I missing anything? I I know I was starting to fall asleep by by the last issue. Doom and Claw get vaporized by like the Beyonders. For now, yeah, the Beyonders like, oh fuck, because Doom was dead when this started. Oh yeah, that's right. They did make reference to yeah, that. He was brought back to life for this, and so uh, at the end, Doom's back to being dead, so no consequences there. Claw was in Galactus's ship. Yeah, he was already so, pretty much gone. Yeah, um, I think he did. He restore Galactus. Like he was like, like he restored Kang because because Kang was in this. But he got like, what issue two? Just got you know, Doom's just like fuck you and killed yeah, him. Yeah, done. And then he like brought him back, and King's just like finishes the sentence and like looks around, and Doom's like get out of here, and like <laughs> teleports him back to wherever the fuck he came yeah. from. Yeah, like like Doom was just sort of bringing bringing everything back to normal. Yeah, e- even though they had like super healing tubes that could just heal everyone real quick. Like that 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 was pretty silly because Doom like very decisively fucked them up like like they, oh, they, yeah. they like made the decision that they were going to go take on doom and then all of a sudden just like he was like, just like listening toast. in it was like nope sorry yeah. guys snap of the fingers you're fucking yeah. dead and then and then like claw just like proposes this hypothetical like well what if uh there was a little remnant of someone and then they brought this person back and then reed richards put everyone in tubes and then you know it's like 20 minutes later and the Thor's hammer busts through the wall and they're all back. It's like, eh, I don't know about this. Yeah. I, I think what they were getting at was that he was planting those seeds in doom's mind so that doom would subconsciously make it happen. 
And that's oh. like, dude was all like worried about. It. It was like, no, now I really can't fall asleep because then I'll, maybe I'll have a dream and that'll actually be a thing. Oh, interesting. So like, rather than that actually being a thing that happened, like he was trying to fool Doom into making it happen. Oh, cool. Oh, because was the Beyonder possessing Claw at yeah. that point? Oh, yeah. that makes sense. All right. He, and he was trying to get Doom to use his power so that he could suck it out of him. Ah, uh, Okay. All right, I got it. That 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 makes a, a lot more sense. Because he said all that, and then he's like, "Well, why don't you just use your power and check, huh? Huh? Why don't you just <laughs> yeah? Why yeah, don't and, you just see, huh?" And I got that he was trying to make him use his power so he could so he could jump in there and and grab it. But yeah, that's what I'm hoping it meant. Because otherwise, it's really dumb. <laughs> I like your explanation. <laughs> but I mean, that's pretty much the end of uh, of Secret Wars. Beyonder Fox sends off, everyone I guess? back. Yeah. yeah. Does he send everyone back? Where did because the Oh, well, well, Reed Richards was saying, like, I can get everyone home. Yeah, and Denver was was flying back to Earth, I guess. Yeah. And he was... Even though Dr. Octopus was pretty... Uh, being a dick about it. Yeah, didn't didn't think they were going to make it. I mean, with good reason. Like, it's... You're looking for a point, you know, trillions of miles yeah. away. And, like, the likelihood of you hitting that is almost zero. And Molecule Man was reconstructing the universe, I guess, in his free time. He's <laughs> like, look, there's stars now. I'm re- I've, I'm, I've been rebuilding those. Yeah, that's what I can do. I don't know where he went after this, but uh, he seemed pretty fucking powerful. Well, and I know he plays a role in the 2015 one. I just don't know how much of one. Because I remember reading the first issue back then, but... Yeah, he, he's listed in, like, the, the cast thing, but I had not got to any point in it. You know, three of the issues in, I hadn't got to them yet. Um, well, what do you think? You want to take a break? Uh, yeah, let's do it. We're a podcast about two parents and their kid going on a quest for good shows. No, we're a podcast about two parents who are trapped in their own living room and we have to endure time and space. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Rich. I'm Natalie. And this is Not Suitable for Adults. Take 30 or 40 minutes out of your day to listen to us speak calmly and wisely to you about the best and the worst of kids' TV shows today. And movies. And movies. So join us as we sit in our living room and talk about the things we don't want to watch. And some things we do want to watch. Yeah, it's not all bad. Some of it's good. Some of it. Bye. Bye. Welcome back, Ben. Hey, John. You have a nice dinner? Yeah, man. I am full and tired now. Like <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was when we were coming back in here. I was like, man, what? Where? Where were we even? Um, I mean, I I remembered, but yeah, we took a Labor Day break. And, Labor Day feast break. Oh boy, yeah, lots of. Meat and potatoes and candy and salad that looked like people were enjoying. <laughs> I had some. I don't know if I'd say I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was all right. But I ate it. I'm not a big fan of Caesar salad. I can I can have a salad if it's dressed up with some tasty stuff. But but yeah, Caesar just isn't my thing. Um. So when we last left off, we'd finished off. Um, Secret Wars. That's what we're talking about. Yes. Uh, the the nineteen. 19- <laughs> 80 something version. Um, anything else you, you want to say? Cause I, I, I just had some final thoughts on it at least. Well, unless I should save that for final thoughts and one word review. We have a whole segment for that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. How about secret wars too? Oh, I heard it exists. Uh, I did not, I have not read it. Yeah, me either. I didn't, uh, didn't get around to it. I wanted to. And then, oh boy, did I run out of time? 
Um, I did end up just watching a, a YouTube video on it just to try to get a feel for what it was, because all I remember from Secret Wars 2 when I was younger was that it gave us Disco Beyonder, where... <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Beyonder's, <laughs> like, in a, like, full-on, like, 80s, uh, you know, just post-disco outfit, and he's got, like, a Jerry Curl mullet. And, um, like that's all I really knew. And, um, and so I, I, I read a little bit about it, but, um, it seems kind of neat, but like from what I gathered, at least the earlier part of the story, it seemed, uh, you know, like it was much less about superheroes and villains fighting each other and more like the story of the beyonder finding out what it's like to be human. Like he decides to come to earth and give himself a body that's originally based on Captain America. So he starts out off as like a blonde dude. And he, like, tastes things for the first time, and, like, he's trying to understand, you know, society, and he steals some clothes from a bum or something. They do make a point of showing the, him experiencing having to go to the bathroom for the first time. Oh, taking that first big dump? Yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. Like, I, I you know, again, didn't read it, but but heard about it, so I, I, I imagine it's played off good and funny. Um, you know, he, he explores feelings of like love and desire and like devotion and pain and loss. And, um, it also has Mephisto in it at some point. And at, at one point he kills Mistress Death. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And then all of a sudden things start going haywire because nobody dies. Yeah. Nobody can die. And apparently like nobody can eat because they can't process living matter either or something. I don't know. It seemed really interesting, but Wait. apparently it only lasts for like two panels, and then he reverses it. Yeah, he's like, oh man, I really enjoyed shitting. You're telling me I can't do that anymore? <laughs> All right, death is back. Yeah. And it also showed uh, showed the all those big dicks in the in the cosmic universe in Marvel. You know, like in uh, Infinity Gauntlet, there's like the living tribunal. Yeah. And like that person that's made of space and like the in-betweener and the collector maybe. But yeah, like that whole like host of people that like uh, that try to judge Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet, they show up in that. So again, it seems like like early seeds for what came later also in the in the cosmic crossovers. Sounds like it also probably has a lot of talking in it. Probably. <laughs> yeah. And apparently like the Beyonder before he goes all cosmic, like rises in the ranks of like the Kingpin's mafia stuff like he's like a mafia henchman for an issue or something i don't know interesting yeah but it sounds know, incredibly different the original secret wars yeah yeah and, and this is something that uh that listeners out there if you've read secret wars 2 and you've got thoughts and feelings on it and you know if, if i just said something that was complete bullshit and you want to call me on it because people love doing that these days um I encourage it. Please do. Uh, hit us up at email, geeksplorationpodcast.com, or uh, call 916-ORC-TURD, O-R-C-T-U-R-D. It'd be uh, great to hear from you. But from what I gather, there's some more fighting, and then there's a resolution, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't kill it for myself. Yeah, I, I heard it was, all I heard about it was that it was a bit goofier and a little sillier. And, I, and after reading the first one, I was like, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll get around to it. Yeah, definitely what, definitely seemed like that would be the case, at least with the Beyonder becoming human thing. What year did that come out? Did it follow shortly behind? Or? Yeah, one year after. Oh, shit. So it was coming out at the same time as the uh, the DC counterpart to, you know, the big company crossovers, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. And, boy, 
if I had to compare that with Secret Wars, like, holy shit, I'll take Crisis any day. Like, there was actual, like, big picture story and substance happening. Yeah. Like, fuck, dude. I mean, that can lead us right into uh, into Secret Wars 2015. Yeah, because it was, it was definitely a bit more of the Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, vibe. It followed the Time Runs Out arc where, like, all of the universes were being smashed together and destroyed. And basically all of reality was being wiped clean and there was going to, you know, basically everything was going to get wiped out. And uh, what it really amounted to was they wanted to reboot the main Marvel universe and the Ultimates universe into mm-hmm. a singular non-multiverse thing. And from what I heard, they also mixed in a bit of 2099, right? Yeah, I believe, yeah. I, oh, okay. Uh, I know that there are some uh, Secret War 2099 issues of oh, some, some sort. tie-ins but i have not uh, i haven't read them i actually like after dinner there and while i was cooking i got through the fourth and halfway through the fifth um of the 2015 secret wars oh shit i like the premise more like it is bigger it's more grand it's not just like hey i'm some space jerk who's gonna take all these guys and make them fight it is uh you know it is the fate of the universe like the the Beyonders are collapsing. Basically, you know, they kind of created the universe and they're fiddle fucking around. They got bored and they're like, all right, let's fucking wipe it. And that's what they fought against. But in continuity or in uh, in the same tr- track as the original, boy, there's a lot of talking. Uh... Like, like I'm on I'm on like the fifth one right now. Like the, the first one is basically everything getting wiped out. So it's all action, just shit getting destroyed left and right. Everybody dies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I I read the first issue when it first came out. But it's not very compelling because it is just that. It's like there's a bunch of things, some stuff's Ah. blowing up and people fighting. But like it was hard to figure out like what, like, okay, what's going on here? And I imagine if you're reading it at the time when like you didn't know what was going to happen next, it might be a bit more exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, But basically everything gets wiped out. Everybody dies. Uh, Reed Richards builds like a life raft thing and like flies off into space to try and escape, but it gets like chopped in half and he loses his family and a bunch of people and that's kind of a bummer Mm -hmm. but otherwise it's just yeah everything's fucking yeah everything's fucked (laughs) that's how you have to start these big event stories now otherwise it's not exciting or compelling yeah and uh so that one was that one was okay but like it was it was really confusing to try and figure out what was going on because i like i said i didn't get all the way through time runs out so i was a little confused as to where it was starting yeah like what is the status quo yeah, and who, and who's who? You've got two Earths, and it's kind of bouncing back between them. So like, I'd see someone and be like, okay, which Earth is this on? What is... Because you've got some people from, like, the the uh, the Cabal from 616 is over in, what is it, like, 1691 or something? Yeah. The Ultimates Universe, whatever yes. that is. So they're over there. So you've got, like, people from other universes in the other universe. And uh, so it was a little hard to follow. Mm-hmm. But then everyone dies, so it doesn't matter. So, you know, like, everyone's dead at the end, so it doesn't really make a big difference, necessarily. And then reading up through, I'm, like, halfway through number five right now, uh, it's all talking. Like, there's, a, there's, I think there's, like, three or four pages of action in it. Otherwise, it's just kind of like people chatting and having, like, you know, building the new world, because Doom basically, you know, took power from the Beyonders, you, you know, like, used Molecule Man to fuck the, Be- the Beyonders up and uh, basically became God and, like, made his own battle world from like pieces of the world they can salvage so it's kind of like it has some threads that tie it back to the original secret wars but it is and it's good it's it's enjoyable i guess but it's it is it is light on action and uh, big on blebity blab yeah you know i i realize the paradox that i'm creating with my opinion here where i'm just like 
fucking dialogue. Ugh. And then I'm like, yeah, but all these fucking fights. Ugh. It's like, what do I want? Like, do I want to see people silently having tea for, for several pages? I'd, I'd watch Reed Richards and Dr. Doom have tea. Um, yeah, this, this series sounds interesting. I, I, I kind of wish I hadn't spoiled it for myself with, uh, with doing some research, you know, without actually reading the book. Cause it seems like it dives a lot deeper into the psyche of Dr. Doom and of Reed Richards and like juxtaposes them against each other and like what their weaknesses are and their strengths and why, you know, so like there's, there's something that I won't spoil for for the uh for the audience or for you since you're in the middle of reading it but there's something that comes at the end where that you know when i when i was when i heard about it on the the video i was watching about this that it should be a really great moment you know like like a like a damn doom you know like yeah yeah i'm i'm looking forward to reading it anyway because jonathan hickman has a reputation as being a fantastic writer and everything i've read of his i've i've enjoyed so um, but I'm, I'm, I'm not like the super Hickman file that, uh, that some people are, but, um, yeah, it, it takes a while to get going, but it is, uh, it's good. Like I'm enjoying reading it. Like I like where it's going and what, what's happening, but it is, you know, if you don't want something with a lot of people talking and quite a bit of exposition in the beginning to kind of really rebuild, like, here's the world now, mm-hmm. you know, this is what reality is now, um, takes, you know, a good 50 pages to really you know spell it out for you appropriately and yeah. uh th- that's that's a lot to ask from some people like when you're kind of rebuilding everything and like you've got semi-familiar characters but in different roles because they don't some of them don't remember where they were or what they were doing oh really um actually almost all of them don't remember it's like really just like doom and strange have any idea what's going on oh yeah and i i heard that um that it sort of plays on their relationship going back to the uh what was it called? Torment and Triumph or Triumph and Torment? Like there was a uh, original graphic novel with the two of them like going against Mephisto to try to free his mother's soul. Yeah. Um that was drawn by Mike Mignola and it was so good. I have that on my shelf. It that is a pretty pretty book. I was like pre-Hellboy like height of his powers, Mike Mignola. Oh, speaking of pretty too. Uh this this is a very pretty book. Yeah, Isad uh, Ribic. Yep. And Alex Ross does a bunch of the covers mm-hmm. and some of the pencils, a couple of the issues too. And, uh, just all around, it's just, it's a beautiful book. Like it's really good looking. Man. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. I want to read it. Yeah. I ended up, uh, I signed up for Marvel Unlimited to read it on my, cause I'm reading this on my phone, which is the place I'd like to read it the least. Yeah. That's tough, man. Cause I don't have a, a tablet and, uh. I don't necessarily want to sit in front of a computer either. Like, I'd really like to read it on paper, but I was like, all right, I got to read these. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll sign up for the seven day free trial. So he goes, I talked with you know, like Willie from the Grand Rapidians about it because I mm-hmm. guess he had it for a while and he really enjoyed it. And oh, I didn't know they were so into comic books. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I read, uh, like I was reading it on a uh, an illicit internet website at first and uh, the, re- <gasps> the reading experience was garbage. Um it was it was just hard, like it was sc- scrolling around and having to like flip around and like zoom into different panels and yeah. read what's going on and ex- you know it was just it wasn't great. The Marvel app is actually really nice. It does that like panel thing where it goes from like panel to panel, so yeah. you, you could see everything. And, yeah, Comicsology does that too. Yeah, 
And uh, it was great. But after reading about 500 pages in a week, my eyeballs were about to fall out of my fucking head. Yeah, dude. It was unpleasant. It it It's tough to, to, yeah, jam yourself in front of a fucking screen to do this. Like, that was the whole reason why a couple of years ago I got a, um, a Kindle Fire tablet. It was just so I could read digital comic books because I can't sit in front of a computer screen and scroll with my yeah. mouse to read comics. Fuck no. Um, but I got like the eight and it was just, just a little bit smaller than an actual comic book and it didn't quite work. Um, I got my iPad pro for, for drawing, but I mean, it is perfect for reading digital comics. It is great. I've been really hoping that they come out with a decent, like color e-ink reader. Cause I like, uh, you know, I like the non backlit e-ink look for pay. Like I find reading on that much easier. Yeah. But the color ones, I guess the colors are just kind of desaturated. Yeah, just kind of drab. Yeah, they just they don't have the pop that they should. Get yourself a cheap iPad, man. Yeah, I mean, I could probably get a cheap a tablet for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, probably that would suit easy the, the needs. But it's like, do I want to buy a tablet just to read comics on it and then pay ten bucks a month just to read comics? Like maybe, but I know I'm fairly certain that I don't want to keep Marvel Unlimited and uh, leave it and, and read it on my phone because it is just, yeah. it's just too small and unpleasant. Yeah, that's rough. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try cleaning off my, uh, my apps from my fire tablet and bring it over so you can read comics on it. Be better than your phone. It would absolutely be better than my phone. Uh, it's already got a don't panic sticker on the back from when I used it as a prop for a uh, hitchhiker's guide party. Nice. Um, so I guess, uh, do we want to talk about like the uh, our thoughts on because the MCU is possibly this is the direction they're going is somewhere into Secret Wars? Yeah, yeah. They're what? Are you yeah, doing? yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, because I uh, the only thing the only things I had left on my notes was uh, was Deadpool Secret Wars was a mini. I saw something where about that. it inserts when I read about it. I that's why I made a note of it because there's a lot of mini series and and stuff that comes out of it. But Deadpool Secret Wars apparently is a book that inserts Deadpool into the original Secret Wars <laughs> to fix inconsistencies like Wanda's, uh, I mean, uh, Janet's, uh, the, sorry, the Wasp's one night stand with Magneto and shit. But then in the end, somehow, I, I don't know, spoilers, uh, somebody makes it so he can't remember and nobody remembers that he was there. And that's why there are inconsistencies because it's like, oh yeah, because he was there doing this thing, but, oh. but he got wiped from it. <laughs> yeah so it sounds like it could be funny um and then also there were there were two spider-man cartoons or sorry there were two uh secret wars cartoons one was in the spider-man series in the 90s yeah where, i remember um, seeing that yeah it was yeah. spider-man and he led like iron man fantastic four and captain america in like a battle but it was a bit different they had like madam webb and the beyonder and and it was just like a test for him to see who, you know, which Spider-Man from what reality could lead a team against spider carnage. I don't know. I think it was later in the series it's when I didn't watch like as much. Two episodes, like one yeah. to be continued. Yeah. Yeah. And they were going to cross over with the X-Men, but it was too expensive to do it oh, with the uh, X-Men cool. production that was in Canada. And then they also couldn't use the Hulk because he had his own series on the UPN network at that point. Um, Boy, and then the UPN. they also, I haven't thought about that. In a long time. <laughs> yeah, no shit. UPN. <laughs> um, and then there was one that was done in the, uh, the Avengers assemble cartoon series, but I don't actually know anything about that one. I just saw I that. I ever saw that show. I watched a few episodes early on and I did not like it. It was more akin to like the movie or the ultimate universe. And I was pissed because it 
it replaced uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which was a fantastic uh, Avengers cartoon. It, it was to the Avengers what like Justice League Unlimited was to the DC characters. It was a really, really great series. I loved it. Um, but that's it. Yeah, sorry. MCU. Yeah, so what strands of this do you think they're going to take? Like, Because when I was reading through both of them, like I kind of got the feeling that the that the 2015 one would be more closer to the roadmap that they'd be going down because they're doing, you know, they're talking about multiverses because there was no multiverses in the original one at all. Yeah. And so maybe, you know, a mashing or combining of different multiverses, which I think may give them a possibility to like bring the X-Men and the Fantastic Four in, in a way that doesn't totally fuck the continuity of the current MCU universe, you know, universe, you know, they could be from, a different universe where the fantastic four, the King shit superheroes instead of the Avengers. And, you know, maybe a third one where the X-Men are, which would be great because then they don't have to reintroduce who these people are either. They cross into another, you know, there's an incursion point where another universe comes and now the fantastic four exist and they, you know, they are at the height of their power on whatever place they're at. And that would be cool. I don't know. Yeah. See the, the, the thing that I think is tough when I think about about Secret Wars being the introduction to those characters is that I feel like they'd need to build up a lot more to get to Secret Wars, but also, like, I don't know if they could introduce these, like, this many characters into a movie like that and have us, you know, like, have us be able to care about it. unless it was a two-parter, like, yeah. like Endgame and Infinity War. Like, I feel like we'd need a movie with fantastic four and a movie with x-men to oh, make it make sense i agree and i don't think they're going to do it in one movie i mean it's going to be like the infinity saga i mean that shit the full story of the infinity saga is spread out over all of those movies to a degree like they you know they they tied the you know like the tesseract was a and the you know the eye of agamotto and all that are all infinity stones you know they all kind of tied together and they built the infinity thing up through at least four or five movies culminating in the main two yeah i just don't know if they're well i i don't see right off the top of my head like the thread that could be building through in the backgrounds of movies like like those like like because the infinity stones were so great in that they were all like a thing of power that can be the thing of power in this movie and then it's like once we get the things of power together um i mean maybe if like if you know with, with like after the multiverse of madness or something like if people start disappearing or something in movies or you start hearing like that then or you know like a city disappears in one of the movies you're like wait what the fuck and you know like like if, if there's some way to start building up that battle world is is happening uh, or you know is is coming into existence and maybe but but yeah it's, that's that's why i don't think they're gonna go with the 84 one which honestly though would be a cool movie to see just you know, just a one-off, everybody pops into existence, has a big fucking fight. Yeah. Yeah, because you wouldn't need to do a huge amount of setup for that. You just have all these people from different, you know, all the various universes that Disney now owns. Yeah. Popping into existence on a world, and you don't really need a whole lot of background, but I don't think that's the route they're going to go. Because with Loki, they're building it, you know, they're kind of building the thing. There are a bunch of multiverse. There is a multiverse now. There's mm -hmm. the, all these different threads of different universes going on. Uh, we know that something's going to be going on with the Doctor Strange movie and multiverses. And, yeah, and Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. So they're building a multiverse 
vocabulary right now Mm -hmm. and building that into the universe. And so then having some sort of threat being like, yo, this is fucked up. Let's crash it all together or some sort of threat. Maybe it's not Beyonders. Maybe it's something else, but something that's going to mash them all together. And uh, the other, the other thing that gives them the ability to do that was what they used it for in the comics is to kind of reboot the MCU to a degree so that they're not carrying all the baggage. Like where, when a movie like Eternals comes out and everyone's like, where the fuck were these guys when Thanos was wrecking shit? Or even the Fantastic Four. Like they're going to have to address where were the Fantastic Four when this was happening unless mm-hmm. they all, unless they come into existence afterwards. Same thing with the X-Men. Whereas if they, uh, if they kind of do the multiversal, you know, every, they maybe they all come from different universes and then they all mash together and there's a big giant event and... And the Secret Wars things happen, and in the end, they're all in the same universe together now, and they can move forward with a new story. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder, yeah, if if they could do a Fantastic Four movie and an X-Men movie that take place outside of MCU continuity. that's what I'm saying. Like, they're in a different universe. They're on Earth 527. Where nobody mentions the Avengers because... they don't exist. Yeah, they're not there. Yeah. I mean, they've got What If going on, so they're, they're, they're... solidifying that there are tons of different universes. And so they could put those guys in different universes where they don't interact until the big event that brings them all together. Yeah. And then in the end, they're all in the same universe, kumbaya, and they could fucking move on with all their properties under one umbrella. I like that. I'm hoping that's what they're going to do. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily want to see another like origin X-Men or origin fantastic four movie. Just, I know who those characters are. The world knows who those characters are. I'd like to see like like a a credit scene or yeah. pre credits cold open. Minutes. Yes, just get it over with. Yeah, go three years later. Fantastic Four are stars, and everyone knows them, and they love them. And they could throw a Spider Man in every one of those universes, so they've got their Spider Verse stuff going on too. Like, why not? You know, fuck that. Well, <laughs> one thing that I was just thinking. Thank you for for sparking my memory because I I forgot in that moment that. I would be very excited to see these characters in a movie that doesn't rely on anyone else. Just like yeah. I'm so fucking tired of Spider-Man movies that have MCU characters. And like, I've been hearing a lot of talk lately on on the various, you know, shows or whatever that it's very possible, you know, like, like this is, this is the end of the, of the Sony Marvel contract again, you know, it's like they've, they've got this Spider-Man movie coming out. And then, um, I believe in the contract, he's, he's got one more movie or like one more appearance in a movie, like not, not a solo Spider-Man movie, which would point to secret wars. It's like, go ahead, Sony, like, you know, you've got your Spider-Man back, but we get him for one more movie and you know, it, it, it's bound to be the next big event movie, you know, cause they want Spider-Man for it. But I'm, I'm excited to see Spider-Man movies without fucking Tony Stark or Doctor Strange or any of those motherfuckers. It's just a Spider-Man being Spider-Man and yeah, I know we've said it before, so we don't need yeah. to tread no. too much over it, but I mean, clock damn it. Yeah. But yes, I want to see a good independent mature Spider-Man. Yeah. So how long, how long does Sony get to hang on to Spider-Man? It's not in perpetuity, right? Like it's got to go as, back to Disney eventually. Right? No, as long as they keep making movies, it's the same as, uh, as the fantastic four and, uh, and whatever it is, like, as long as they, as long as Fox, the, the, right? yeah, fantastic four and, and X-Men were Fox, uh, Spider-Man, Sony. Yeah. But, but so Disney just needs to buy Sony <laughs> to get Spider-Man. There's, uh, there's been talks about them trying to buy the, the Spider-Man cast of characters from Sony, but I mean, it would have to, it would probably be more 
than Disney paid for Marvel all those years ago when when they bought them for like four billion. Oh, yeah, Sony doesn't want to let go of that. No, that yeah, because Spider Man is a multi billion dollar franchise on his own. Like they 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 have no reason to want to sell him to to Mm-mm. Marvel. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck else has Sony got? Like movie property wise, I have no idea. Nothing, nothing that even. Yeah, probably nothing is nothing as big as Spider Man. Yeah, because Universal owns Fast and the Furious. That's probably the other juggernaut non MCU. Yeah, I don't know what what else is there even now. There's there's Disney and Warner Brothers is still doing things, but I don't know. They're limping along. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping they're going that way with with Secret Wars because I uh, the like when I started reading Time Runs Out, foolishly in my hubris. I was looking at the universe and I was like, oh, this universe that they're starting out in on that one is very similar to the universe that the MCU's in right now. Oh, okay. You know, like at the beginning of at the beginning of Secret Wars, you've got uh Lady Thor. Like Thor's gone because Thor went off to, you know, the, he got sent like into the like some far dimension on a one-way trip to go fuck some shit up and try and fix things. And go beat up Gore the God Butcher. And he's fucking gone. You know, it's got uh yeah, Captain Marvel. It's got the, what else was there? There was basically all the characters are set similar to where they are in. Like uh, Sam is Captain America. Okay, yeah. And it's got you know an old ass Steve Rogers who is uh, you know head of Shield. Yep. I was reading. I was like, oh, this this all looks very familiar. <laughs> it had a bunch of like other Avengers that I had no idea who they were. In 2015, I was not reading much in the way of Marvel comics at all. Yeah. So it had a whole bunch of characters that I have had no clue who they were I'm, I'm assuming they were avengers in the last few years leading up to that it, the the makeup of the team and where everybody was and who everybody was seemed very familiar to where everything is right now and that's interesting that you got that when you were when you were reading that because that's the similar experience i had when i when i cracked open the original one where i was yeah. like oh all of these characters are characters that they're developing currently yeah i i hope they're going in that direction also because you know, after something like Thanos and the Infinity Saga, like it's it's a dilemma to try to find somewhere to go from that that is a humongous threat, but isn't just like, oh, look, it's Celestials or Galactus this time. It's another giant cosmic threat. Like you you need a different kind of challenge. So if it's something that's going to bring all these characters together against someone like Dr. Doom, no less like that. He's a human who gains godlike powers and, you know, he's a megalomaniac. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that would be a great way to, to really plus up something like, like Fantastic Four and, and Dr. Doom, you know, in, in a cinematic way. Yeah. Cause they've got to, I mean, they have to have a Fantastic Four movie in there somewhere cause they've got to introduce Doom. Yeah. And people have to know who Doom is so that when it's, oh, Doom is now God, that's like a, oh, shit, what? Because otherwise it's like, oh, okay, some dude. I mean, his name's Doom. That's foreboding. So how about this? Because one thing that I heard about about the 2015 series is that at the end of the day, it is a story about Reed Richards and Doom. And that it's a, it's, even though it's the Marvel Universe, it's a Fantastic Four story. That's, that's what I heard. So what, see what if they sure. introduced the Fantastic Four in a two-parter, you know, where it's like Fantastic Four, you know, they fight Doom. It ends with a setup with the Beyonder. Doom gets this power. And then, you know, one year later is coming, you know, comes Secret War. And then this is where they introduce the X-Men, you know, and then everyone comes together. I don't know. 
Possibly. If they just made it more of a Fantastic Four movie, because it's not going to be, you know, if they decide it's not going to be an Avengers movie. But they're like, well, all these characters yeah. that, that you've been appreciating in all these movies are going to be there, too. Yeah. I, and I think that makes sense, because, I mean, the last big arc was essentially Avengers-centric. Yeah. And uh, if they're going to go with Secret Wars, it's going to be Fantastic Four-centric. And then... Maybe they could do something with X-Men, but the Fantastic Four haven't had the good shake. Like, there's a, there's a good amount of decent X-Men movies. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are some good X-Men movies out there. There uh, there aren't any really great Fantastic Four movies. No, not at all. There's, Especially not Roger Corman's. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a couple okay ones. Or there's one okay one. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, reading Time Runs Out, it feels like they almost need to do that first you know, set up the threat because time runs. That was basically setting up like secret wars starts with the universe ending. Yeah. That'd be a rough way to start a movie, especially if you're introducing new characters. Yeah. You've got to build up to the universe ending, I yeah. think to a degree, which they don't seem to be having any trouble building up right now. It seems to be very much the mode they're in. Yeah. So hopefully they start building quickly, man. Cause I'm, I'm getting tired of these Disney plus series and movies that I'm not entirely excited about, like Black Widow and Shang-Chi. I've heard really good things about Shang-Chi. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to see it this weekend. Like I, yeah, me either. I, we went to Sac Anime yesterday, mm -hmm. and I was kind of hoping that we'd get there and they'd be like, sorry, it's sold out because we didn't, Odin and I didn't have pre-tickets, and I was, then I was, I was just going to go watch Shang-Chi while they went to the yeah. thing. But uh, we, we got in. Fuck. So, <laughs> so I didn't get a chance a to do that. stinky convention. <laughs> but yeah, I've heard really good things about it. I, I had to stop myself from from spoiling the post credits scene for myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to, like, hear details about it. Yeah. But the, the opinions of folks that have seen it, like, I, I saw a thread on Twitter earlier today with a bunch of people saying that they would put it in their top 10 and some even their top five. Oh, okay. MCU movies. Like, oh, fuck. That's pretty good then. Yeah. And a lot, and a lot of people saying it is the best single character, like, intro movie that they've made. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely more, uh, optimistic about it. Yeah. Maybe I'll make a big day out of it and, uh, and watch Black Widow and Shang-Chi. Probably not. That's a big day. That is a big day. <laughs> I don't know if I got that in me. All right. Um, well, did how we about do I, your favorite uh, use in pop culture? We did yours. We didn't so, do mine. Yeah. I mean, we're going to gloss over it real quick. Mine was just the toys because... Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I'll ever read the series again and I don't really have any fond memories of any of the cartoons, but I do, I do really like those toys. They're pretty plain, but they're solid. They are solid little sculpts and, and you know, I, I still love that little Captain America. I have very fond memories with him. So yeah, here it is until, until the, uh, the MCU comes out yeah, and, does and knocks it out of the park. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's what I'm going with. Um, how about, uh, one word review? I'm going with paradoxical oh okay yeah because i used the the paradox word earlier and it was already in my head but i i was sitting here thinking like as i was reading it i wasn't enjoying it much and when i was making my notes i was ready to come in and just shit all over this property because <laughs> I, I was like you know fuck this these fights are stupid you know it's way too wordy just ugh, just left a bad taste in my mouth but as I'm sitting here talking about it, there's a lot of good moments. Like we were talking about like, like the, uh, the characterizations were spot on with so many characters and you know, like the, the, the culmination with doom and captain America and all of that stuff in the end, just like 
it was so good. It was like it made up for the bad. And as we were chatting through it, I found myself feeling really fond of Secret Wars as, <laughs> as an idea and really, really wanting to read the new one. I don't think I need to read Secret Wars 2 to, to accomplish anything, but I'm I'm really excited to go and, you know, at my own pace, enjoy Secret Wars 2015 Yeah, and just sort of see what the possibilities are. Like I said, that, that video I watched that was talking, that was analyzing secret wars 2015 made it sound really appealing. And it's stuff that I, that I wish I would have just read without having any, um, any predisposed notions of it. But yeah, so, so it's paradoxical for me because it, it really annoyed me, but at the same time, it left me with some bizarre fondness that in the moment, you know, of reading it and making my notes for the show, I would not have imagined would happen. But I, yeah, there it is. Nice. And to, ending on a more positive note. I yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and to be honest, like I tried really hard to not just sit here and shit on it the whole time. Like, like there, there, there are stuff that bugged me. There, there's stuff that bugged me, and we talked about it. But like, I could have sat here like a fucking angry comic geek and just bitched a whole lot. But I'm really trying not to do that. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's what anybody wants to hear. Yeah. Period. Um, what about you? Did that buy you some time? Not enough, but... How about Chewy? Just make that your word and figure out why. We should do that sometime. We should... <laughs> just assign the other person a yeah. word? <laughs> John, your one word review is... Yeah. Yeah. Um, part of me wants to say, like, like epic or big, because it is, especially the, the 2015 one, I mean, it's... It's it's a big chunk of stuff to bite off. It's grand. But I think I'm going to go with, I don't know if this is the right word, but like dichotomy. Like the thing that hit me the most was, and I mentioned it earlier, so this may be a bit redundant, but the uh, the difference between the two versions of this, whereas one is is old comic book. It's it's a it's a story for kids. It is it's pr it's fairly tame with some overtones here and there. That, that maybe the kids could pick up on about, you know, about race relations and probably some less beneficial overtones about women. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> weird, weird adult moments where like the wrecking crew just like hucks wasps corpse at them and drives off. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But it's, it, it's got that kind of innocence of the, you know, golden age comics and the, the kind of the goofiness of it, where it wasn't afraid to be a little silly, whereas 2015 is not silly at all. It's it, like it really defined the difference, like where comics have come in the last, fuck, 40 years almost. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're old. Over our lifetime. <laughs> where, the, you know, it's gone from, you know, something a kid would roll up and stick in his back pocket and, you know, ride home and read and then leave on his floor and be like, yeah, Spider-Man, to like... A much more um, sophisticated, sophisticated. I was gonna say like mature, but yeah, sophisticated storytelling device. Where fifth, where 2015 is is trying to tell a big story with a lot of different players, and it's not simple. It's not complicated. It's kind of confusing sometimes, especially if you're not if you're not reading every single thing Marvel put out for the last three years. But I I think it's a better place. I think it's a you know I think it's good where comics have gone. And, and reading this really, reading the two really spells it out Yeah, for good and bad. Like I said, the, the good of having good, sophisticated storytelling, having 
the narrative front and center as opposed to whatever the 84 one had front and center. I don't know, toy sales and, uh, and a loose script and yeah, <laughs> whatever it was. A toy line that didn't even seem to coincide with, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> with the book. I think the writer's role in comics now and the artist's role, like both of those people's role is elevated to where it was in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Where they were more, you know, maybe those guys were just punching a clock. They're coming up with a fun yeah. little story and then drawing some pictures to it. Yeah, put something out instead of like put something great out. Yeah, whereas now they're both are much more creatively invested in what's going on, and it shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the downside of the change is the fact that you can't have like a cool, fun story that's twelve issues and it's done. If you really want to get the full breadth of it, you got to read you know a hundred and five issues over fucking four years, and. Ah, oof. It's yeah, just a lot to ask. It man. sucks for one storyline because like like I I love it when creators have long runs like that because it hardly ever happens anymore. You know, like you can't get a a single creator to to hardly do more than like five issues in a row without needing fill-in artists and stuff. And then the, yeah. you know, it just sort of kills it. Gone are the days when, you know, Kirby and Lee did a hundred and something issues of Fantastic Four uninterrupted. You know, Bendis and Bagley did that on on Ultimate Spider-Man too. Like I said, the industry's evolved, and and I think all in all, we're better off. That it's better off than it was, but it's it's different, you know. And there, there's a part of me that that still kind of enjoys the nostalgia of what it was as well. Yeah, though it wasn't always great. Yeah, I think I would enjoy <laughs> the nostalgia for like three issues. Yes. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, it's a good thing it wasn't 55 issues of the old Secret Wars. Oh, I would not have made Boy. it through. I would have depended purely <laughs> on Wikipedia and uh, YouTube videos. Um, all right. Uh, thank you, folks, for battling through this episode with us. Uh, if you want to let us know how we did today, or if you want to comment on any of the Secret Wars goodness we talked about today, or anything we missed, like the uh, comedy miniseries Secret Wars 2, T-O-O, um, that was, that was, uh, I remember having one issue of that and it was pretty funny. Uh, hit us up at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, Facebook, Geeksploration, the podcast page, Instagram, Geeksploration Podcast, or Twitter at Geeksplore Pod. You can also call us at 916-ORC-TURD, 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D, and we will play your voicemail on the show. Do it. Yeah, and if you enjoyed uh, today's episode, uh, or... Or any of them, or even if you didn't enjoy them, go give us a uh, five super convenient healing pod review at uh, Apple Podchat, a podcast. Yeah, a- Apple Podchats. Uh, Apple Podchats or uh, Podcaser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we've, we've got merch available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. Uh, and I think we're going to try and put a new t shirt design up there soon because we've got a couple that would be cool, like the Transformers one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or uh, Grand Theft Auto. I yeah, like that that's one, a good too. one too. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get around to that. Otherwise, uh, we're a member of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. And uh, our theme song, as always, is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time. Oh, wow. That was like tubular, you know, to the max. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>